0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs> Yes, God bless you. God bless you. You're listening to the Five-Fold Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. We want you to come now and sit back and relax as we go into the inner courts and behind the veil to worship our Lord and our Father. Truly, we love the Lord, and we want to honor Him, to reverence Him, and to just give Him the praise. God bless you again, and let us just reverence God. Amen. Amen.
1: And when God is with me, if i got Jesus on the inside, it doesn't matter where I go. I hear David say, yay. So I walk through the valley. Of the shadow of death. Even there I feel no evil. It's all power with me. You're feeding me with your word. You've got my bodyguards behind. Goodness is on one side. Mercy is on the other. Surely, 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 surely. Goodness is mercy. All of the Days
0: of my life. Oh, yes, we have just heard one of our favorite speakers, Bishop G. E. Patterson, as he said, Surely goodness goodness and mercy is on our side. You know when you have goodness and mercy you can worship the Lord in spirit and truth. You can depend on his promises, and you know that you shall and will have the victory. Regardless what it looked like, regardless what it seemed like, if God can't do it, it just can't be done. I say it again, if God can't do it, it just can't be done. Remember now the music that you hear on this radio dial, it belongs to the artist, and we are here to promote those sounds and give all rights and knowledge to the artists and to encourage you to buy those CDs. Let us go in again and just worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. Let's let us listen to John P Key and the church choir. God bless you. Amen. Oh.
1: Listen to this. Really, Ooh, give it to me. I need a uh-huh. blessing right now. Really, really, give it to me, yeah. I need blessing right now. Everybody say, really. I need a to start
0: writer says release i need a blessing right now have you ever needed a blessing have you ever just need to touch the hem of god's garment so that you can get your blessing so that you can get your deliverance so that you can get your healing so that you can get your breakthrough Uh uh-oh let me slow down i feel all right i keep forgetting that we have people that listening to us around the world And there are interpreters, so we got to slow it down. I'll say it again. When you need a release from God, when you need the favor of God, when you need the hand of God to move upon your life, say, God, I need a blessing right now. I need a release. Yes, you can depend on him. Yes, that he will honor his word, that, yes, he is a God that has never lost the better. Good God Almighty. Yes, he is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the bright and morning star. He sits high and he looks low. Good God Almighty. That God has made us in his image so we have the victory. Regardless what it looked like. Regardless what it seemed like. Regardless the word said regardless. But God, I'll say it again. But God can do Anything but feel. Woo, I feel all right. When I talk about the Lord. When I talk about where he has brought us from and where he is
1: taking us,
0: that we got to praise him, that we got to love him and to reverence him. Woo! I love the Lord. Well, let us get started as I say this is our part two that we was talking about Saul and David. I say it again, we was talking about King Saul and David. We want to encourage you that if you would like to write us or email us or text us, our email address is F like 5, like 4, M like ministries, W like worldwide, dot Inc. I-N-C at Verizon dot net. That's F-F-M-W dot i n c at verizon.net if you would like to call us for prayer our phone number is 410-661-4103 we thank you again that we have heard from some of you we thank you that testimonies are coming in from around the state we thank you how we have been a blessing to you and for the producers to put us on their video station well we'll give another update we have heard a couple of testimonies about healing and the power of prayer and intercession we thank god for those who have come out to hospitals and shouted their way all to the car we thank those that was feeling down but god lifted them up i'll say it again when you feel down that if god can not lift you up then it can't be done They uh, says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Word of God said the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's the kind of joy that you want, that joy that's in the midnight hour, that joy that's early in that morning time, that joy that's at night that can give you comfort, that can soothe you, that can relax you, that can hold you, that can comfort you. And take it all the way down to that bone. Take it all the way down to that spiritual man. Take it all the way down to the inside. Good God Almighty. I don't know which way I'm headed, but I said this this message is subject to change as we get led by the Holy Ghost. Well, hold on to your seats. If I step on your toes, say, ouch, then just go ahead and just bless God anyhow. We're going to start our story off, as you get your Bibles at this time, as I always say, that we're going to look at that the Lord rejects Saul as king. You know, it's a bad thing as we look over this background story. It is sad when the great I Am, the one who put breath in your body, the one who made you in your mother's womb, that, that knows you before you was even conceived, have rejected you good God Almighty. You know, Saul was a king who was accepted by his people, as I said, but he was rejected by the Lord. He was tormented by an evil spirit, and he was humiliated that being the type of person he was, that he had this infirmities. A lot of times when you Uh, talk to people and those who think that I have a rise, those who think that I'm sitting high, I'm looking low, those who think that I have it all together. But yet there is a little infirmity. There is something that is troubling their mind, their heart, or their spirit that they said to themselves, how could this be? Not me. You know, when you're so self-righteous and when you have a lot of pride and when you think that you're a big boy, or they say you're a big dog, that God had to remind you that he sits high and look low. It's not all about you, me, myself, and I. Saul was that kind of king that he had the favor of men, he had the recognition of others, and he was popular in his nation. I had said yesterday, I'm sure that if it was modern-day times, you would have seen him on Facebook and YouTube, and he would have put on Instagram, look at me, look at my house, look at my car, look at my clothes, look at me. He would have told us all his business. Uh Uh-oh, I'll say it again, that Saul wanted to be recognized, and he wanted to be in the limelight. Sometimes you'll get people that the only glorification that they have is to uh, raise himself up. It's for other people to give him a pat on the back. It's for other people to give him accolades. It's for those that can say, look at me, I'm riding as a big dog. Well, he was humiliated because there was something to let him know that he was a human being. Uh-oh, have God ever had to show you? that when you get that pain in your body or get that ache in your bones and when you get that indigestion to feel like it's going to be a heart attack, that you are reminded that you are just a human, that you are uh, one made in God's image, but there is only one great creator. There is only one great I am. There's only one Alpha and Omega. Saul had to be reminded that he was lower than the angels. Well, God was able to use his disciple. His name was David. He was Lord to this person. He did everything that he could that was good. He was best friends to his son, and he had married his daughter. Yet Saul was still jealous. He had everything, the money, the house, the land, the favor. God had enlarged his territory. But he still wasn't satisfied because he wanted all the shine, all the eyes to be on him. Saul became jealous that somebody else was getting recognized, jealous that somebody else was getting uh, raised up. You know, you see people like that when you uh, see different ones, look at them on TV or listening to them on the radio or looking at them in Facebook or hearing about the invitations that they got to go around the world, or even in different churches, people get a little jealous and they start acting funny. I have seen people that can read about those uh, large preachers with the big congregations all over the world, especially those in Texas, that they see people who are preaching the gospel and trying to do good, but they have haters. It is sad when you have a hater because You're shining a little bit more than them, that you're being recognized. But yet they don't see the struggle, that they were out in the wilderness, that they started out poor, that they started out struggling, trying to build the ministry up to get where they are today. And you have those that still was jealous because look where you are. Saul was jealous of David because here was David. A nobody becoming a somebody in God. Uh oh, have you seen people in the church that come in through the back door, but then God sit them up on the front seat and God pull them all the way up and by the pastor and everybody get mad. They say, you know, I used to sing that choir. I was the the uh, the one that was a soloist, or I was the deacon that was here twenty and thirty years, and no, I was the one that my mother helped start this church and my family always set up in that seat no i'm the one that that should get recognized this is a stranger where did this person come from why are they taking away the shine from me from my child from my family from my position oh god even from my title they get mad because all of a sudden the focus is not on them but on somebody else well I come to tell you that God has no respect of person, that God will use who he wants to use, that God will raise up the one that he elects, that God can say, this is it, and it is so. God don't care about the color of your skin. He don't care about uh, your last name. He's not trying to recognize your status, your degree, what seminary school, what uh, courses that you have taken, Oh, that you started out from the back and now you're at the top, God make a decision who he want to use. Well, God used a David, someone that was out in the wilderness, someone that was playing instrument and praising God, someone that had his focus on doing what was necessary not only to survive but to take care of his family. Uh-oh. You know when you have the right motive, I'm just got to slow down. I told you I get excited when you have the right motive and you are trying to be about your father's business, that favor and the mammon drop from heaven. I'll say it again that you get that morning do the glory of God, the favor of God, that you can just go behind the veil and the prayer will be answered. You can go behind the veil and God will show up. Hey. Miracle and signs will happen. Why? Because you got rightness in your heart. David was a man after God's own heart. David worshiped and praised God. David wrote songs to God. David, regardless, put God in it. He said, for God I live and for God I die. Saul was overcome with jealousy. He wanted to remove David from his camp. It is sad. When you be around someone that you try to lift them up, be around someone that you try to go into their vineyard into their house, you want to be about a help, you got a smile on your face, you excited that you're in the midst, but you got those murmurs whispering behind your back, you got those accusers that's rolling their eyes two times, you got somebody that's pointing a finger at you even though it's going back at themselves, you're having someone waiting for you fall, waiting for you to slip or even trying to pull the rug from under you, God forbid. David stood right there because he knew that was his assignment. He knew that he was commissioned by God to go into that particular vineyard. It's just like Ruth. Ruth was about a good work. She left uh, a town of despair with Naomi, her mother-in-law, and she went and followed a woman of God until the point that she became Uh, her protege, she became the image of Ruth in that the humbleness and the favor of God fell upon her, and she was able to get a blessing from God. You know, it's sacrifices, it's humility, it is humbleness, it is just stretching out and trusting God that you are going to get the favor of God and not the praises of man. Saul did it to himself. You know, a lot of people make their own problems and cause their own situation and suffer their own consequences. When you badmouth people, when you stab them in the back, when you smile in the face but you hate their guts, when you invite them to come into your house to eat but then you talk about how much food that they have, when you tell them come on in the church that you can sure use them but then you get mad because they do the job very well And you can't stand them to be in the midst. Saul was like that. You know, it's sad that he was a manipulator. He was a con artist by any means necessary that he wanted the goods that David possessed. I'm trying to slow down. I'm getting excited that Saul looked at David and said, you know, I, I, I can use his singing, on a choir, I can use him playing the music up here in my temple. I can use him being an orator, speaking and making an announcement. I can use him to be uh, a part of my camp to enlarge my territory to make me look good. I have seen those that they'll say, you know, I got somebody in my church now. That boy sure can preach. Yeah, you need to invite him out. I got somebody that I'm telling you, my band is good. You got leaders who are so glad that people are in their congregation. But when they shine, when they get recognized, when all of a sudden that everybody is saying something good, they get a little jealous, I sent that boy over there. It was me that let him come into the midst of my congregation. It was me that was God that trained them for the ministry. I taught him in Bible class. I taught him in Sunday school. But they get mad when the person raised up to their potential. We call them haters, player haters. Out in the street, they said they hate us. You know, you find those that work on a job. They sweat. They toil. They do the best that they can. They can't sleep at night. They suffer. They're nervous. They try everything to be a good steward. And when they good good at the job and when they stay a little late and when they go ahead and try to make that quota and go ahead and fix it, that that production is okay on the line. When they do everything they can for the job, you get haters. The supervisor gets jealous. Uh, Those that in management get a little disturbed because you're working too well. It's like I always hear people say that if I do good, they have a problem. If I do bad, it's a problem. I can't win either way. Good God Almighty. And then they get to the point that if you do too good, eventually they want to fire you. If you don't do good enough, they want to complain. It's like a glass of water. you have half-filled, but you not fill all the way to the top. You don't know if you should evaporate or just go ahead and fill that glass up. It is sad when you be around those saws or those haters that can't stand that the favor of God is on your life. Well, I'm trying to slow down. I told you when I talk about the goodness of God And it comes straight from the press, it comes from God himself, that he want me to share it with you, that you have to get rid of the foolishness you got to get rid of, that you cannot stand other people to be blessed. You brought it on yourself, you know. I'm not going to listen to them on the radio station. They ain't saying nothing. It's because they're jealous because it's not them. I'm not going to watch them on TV. I don't watch that channel anyhow because it's not them. I'm not going to that family reunion. I don't like the food because it's not about them. I'm not going to go ahead and go over to his church because I don't like the way they preach because it's not where you can be in charge and dictate and manipulate and con, or just to say, look at me, that I need attention for myself. It is so sad that Saul couldn't see the bigger picture, that Saul could not see that David was his blessing. Good God Almighty. How many times have you heard the old Nick uh, spiritual entail here in this United States, that slaves work for mass? that slaves cleaned the houses, and slaves raised their kids, and slaves picked the cotton, and slaves tilt that land. Or you hear those oppressed around other nations, that it was the people, the sweat and uh, uh, the tore of their hands and the, and the breaking of their back, that they built up a country or a nation, that they were able to sustain them and make it financially better, that the economics rolled up. But the yet... They are jealous. You know, I tell people all the time, please do not go in a man's house, eat his food, smile in his face, can't stand his guts, and as soon as you get out the door. You know, I ain't like that chicken anyhow. It wasn't uh, cooked all the way. You know, I, I, I really didn't want to be there, but I just went over there to show my respect. You know, I probably got sick or indigestion. Why go to a man's house and eat his food? If you're going to talk about them, why be around another Christian when you're jealous and you don't mean them no good? Why even be a friend to someone that you can't treat them like a brother? It's very sad that Saul kept David around because why? He didn't have the favor of God. He had got rejected. Why did he get rejected? Because he wouldn't repent. He wouldn't resist temptation. He did not do what he needed to do that was right before God. He wanted to do his own thing. He was a fallen hero. Saul misused his power. Saul let pride take over. Saul stuck his chest out and became self-righteous. It's all about me, me, myself, and I. Uh Uh-oh, there's that word, I, I, I. It's about me. When you get to the point that you cannot see the forest for the trees, all you can see is yourself. As Michael Jackson used to say, look at the man in the mirror. What do you see? You know, when I look at Facebook, and that's not a bad account, but sometimes it's so sad because you're really trying to just uh, see the uh, the socialness of people, how they have gathered together. You like to see the little funny videos or them playing in the yard or even the little cook shows. But then the majority of it is look at my new hairdo, look at my new shoes, look at my new suit, look at my new clothes, look at me singing a song, look at me it got so bad, look at me walk in the building and walk out of the building. You know I could walk like a model. I could do that cat walk. It is all about false illusion in yourself, self-prize. Saul was like that. I'm sure when he came in the room that he put on his fineries and all his jewelry and his diamond, you know, I was watching uh, the Oscars here in this United States and so many people showed up that they showed out. Half of them had no clothes on said, look at my body and my curves. Others uh, were so fancy and dressed that, You couldn't even see the person. They were swallowed up in clothes. The veil was so high around the head that you couldn't see behind them. So many people had the bling on that you just said that looked like they went into a gold mine. Others wore diamonds that you need security to walk with you because they want to say, I have arrived. But when you put yourself out there, tell all your business, show all your business, Show where you uh, went on vacation. Look at me. I went to Dubai. Look at me. I got me a 15-carat diamond. Look at me. I brought me a Escalade. Look at me. I got me a million-dollar home. It is good when you can say that God has blessed me and rose me up, but when you want to do it to get the favor of man. Saul so was like that. He wanted to favor a man that jealousy took over. Good God Almighty. You know, when you look at the word jealousy, that you said that these people had the zeal that was on their life, but then it became lousy because of their attitude. The zeal became so lousy that it turned from something good to something bad. You know, that's what happened to Saul. Saul got to the point that he was kicking against his own self. And here little David was in the midst. He praised God, played praise and worship music to just to glorify God. He was able to try to soothe that temple. It even reminded me of myself that I go into a library of music that I try to exalt, edify, and encourage you to listen to those artists and learn about CDs so that you can rightly divide the word of truth so that you can feel the presence of God when you can feel the truth of his praise and worship, so you can go in the inner courts and sup with God, good God Almighty, that you're behind the veil and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is upon you. But then you got haters. You know, I'm so sick of her playing that song. I'm tired of that kind of music. I don't like listening to it anyhow. I'm Baptist. I'm Pentecostal. I'm apostolic. And she'd be playing that old jazz music, talking about a change is going to come. You got haters that won't do nothing to self. You got haters that always point finger and find blame. You got those that will listen to you to try to critique you, to judge you and tear you down, but are not doing nothing themselves. Do they push to go on the radio seven days a week to praise Jesus? Will they go out to the pastor and say, you know, I want to, just praise and worship God. Can I go to the nursing homes? Can I go to the prisons? Can I clean your church and your bathrooms? Can I sit up under your leadership so that uh, you can help me to be a minister or evangelist or help me to be a preacher or teacher of the gospel? No! They don't want to work. They want a sandwich already made. oh i say it again. Some people don't want to make the sandwich. They want you to make it for them. Some people say, I like pie, but won't even go in the kitchen to stir up sugar. They'd rather go to a store to buy a store-bought pie that don't have the same flavor and ingredients and love and care. But then when you make it for them, they eat the whole thing. Eat the whole cake of pie. Get mad at you when you want to take it home and say, you know, I only brought you a slice. I didn't buy you the whole thing. There are some selfish individuals out here that are always going to look at you and critique. I'm so tired of people trying to line me up to say, is she doing homiletics? Is she doing exo-Jesus? Is she uh, uh, going rightly divide the word of truth? That I just want to know. They're so busy that I tell everybody I bring it the way God give it to me. My life. Is my testimony. My sermon is what comes out my mouth that God gives me to say, not by man. Good God Almighty. I never will forget. I said, God, why do I have to go to Bible college? Why do I have to go to this seminary school? God said, people don't even think that you're called by God that I can use you to preach or that you have studied to find yourself approved to rightly divide the word. I said, God, you chose me, and you're going to give me what you want me to say. He said, some people don't even think you're qualified to say anything because uh, you didn't sit down and you did not learn your homiletics or hermiletics and that you got to line it up and how you're supposed to divide it and do the introduction and make sure that you have a good body and you line it up with some conclusion and you round it up with some supporting points before you go ahead and give the plan of salvation. Good God Almighty, that man has put everything in a box, in a structure to say this is how it's supposed to be. Just because Saul, you the king, just because you have the land, just because you have the money Just because you're popular Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no room for me at the table? Can I not sit down and break bread with my brethren? Can I get my turn so I can rise up too? It's sad that I look at older people And if I step on your toes Say ouch But hold on to your seat Because you need to hear what thus said the Lord of hosts It is sad When you be with leaders, and I heard this story, that this pastor was 70 years old, 80 years old, 90 years old, up to 90-some years old, sick in his body, sick enough unto death, even went to a nursing home, but refused to pass the baton, refused to take a good preacher in his church or find a little David refused to set his church in order so that God could get the praise and the next generation could take it over, that he rather die first on his deathbed. I'm not leaving my church to him. He ain't my son. He ain't my nephew. He ain't my cousin. He ain't my bloodline. God didn't give it to you and your whole family. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. He didn't say, I'm going to build upon your grandson. Oh, He didn't say, I'm going to build it uh, upon your daughter-in-law. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Saul refused to give David the opportunity to say, you know what? Since you're able to uh, sing songs and preach the word and play those instruments, and I'm getting comfort, my spirit is calming down. I feel good at night that I can go to sleep. But I'm not going to let you sit in here and take over my kingdom. I'm not going to let you come in here and and take over my church. I'm not going to give you the opportunity what I worked for 20, 30, and 40 years. I'm not going to give it to you. I look at the same pastor that God has blessed him that the building is paid for, that he uh, raised the church on. But because he became vain, me, myself, and I, because he started doing things his way and not listening to God, the membership went down. A lot of people had went to other churches, and they looked at Facebook and YouTube and Twitter that they were finding uh, other services on Zoom. They got tired of being in your house because that spirit of jealousy and hatred and manipulation and control, that you didn't feel the joy of the Lord. You didn't feel the presence of God. You didn't feel the move of the Holy Spirit because your spirit as a head had smothered the very essence of God out of his shrine, that it was a struggle. Saul had a struggle in his kingdom that he was losing his popularity. He was losing his shine. He was losing the very favor that God gave him because he'd rather put his family person on the throne, which was his son at the time. But God saw that there was somebody that would be humble, somebody that wouldn't compromise, somebody that would reverence him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, preach and teach on the radio and TV broadcast, give up their evenings and, and stay and go into the library and find music that would soothe their soul to govern themselves accordingly so the presence of the Holy Spirit could come out and bless them. God was looking for a faithful few that would stand in and say, you know, I'm not the best thing that I could be, but I'm trying to reach the mark of the high calling. Saul refused to turn over the baton, give somebody an opportunity raise him as his own son, help him to divide the word, that seasoning that he had got through the years of being in leadership, that he wouldn't release that knowledge to somebody else. I saw a particular man that God had put about three or four elders in that church that God wanted to send them out to raise up an army of churches under the senior pastor leadership. So that thousands of souls could be saved and re- radio and TV evangelism could come to pass. But they got mad that I'm not going to bless her. She a woman. I'm not going to give it to him, you know, because uh, he he hang around the wrong crowd and talk to those wrong people. I'm not going to go over there because they're not my family. they ain't my daughter or son-in-law. I'm not going to help the next person because they're going to take over my church. The man's vision was so narrow that there was souls that needed a release. That set up more houses for God, so it can spread like the twelve tribes of Israel. Even though the man said, "I'm a senior pastor," I told him, "I said you are overseer. That God is blessing your territory. He enlarging your camp, so you could oversee churches." I said, "You a bishop? I ain't no bishop." I said, Well let me ask you a question. If you're a senior pastor then what do you what are you senior over? Well, I'm the senior over my son's church. I said, Oh, so you're a senior pastor because your relative got a church, so you are the senior one to give him some advice. I said, But What about the ones that's in your church where you would be a bishop over leaders and can pull a congregation and fellowship together and pull unity in the body of Christ, raise up different houses that you could oversee as a senior pastor and govern the things of God? No, no, I just do my son's church. It's sad. And and then the relief came in. And, you know, I'm praying, and the least came in, and I said, God, have your way. And I'm sitting there because God said, why am I sitting here at this man's house that he got his own church, his own way of doing things? I sat at the back. I was in the overflow room. Sometimes I would be down in the basement, and I would just sit there in the kitchen, and I I would pray. I said, God, why am I here? And God showed me that the man was spiting the nose off his own face, that he wouldn't pass the baton. What happened? that people was leaving and setting up their own churches. Some of them became shipwrecked because they had no guidance. Some of them just went out in the wilderness from pillar to post hoping that things would work out. And some recognized their anointing, and they would call and ask for prayer and for guidance. And I tell a lot of them, look, be respectful of your leaders, keep friendship with them, leave out indecency and order, but govern your house accordingly that God will use Samuels to come into a camp to talk to the leader, like Saul, to pour oil and fresh anointing on those that God is raising up in that territory so that they can be the next king. But I have found leaders to be like Saul, who was getting old, who refused to pass the baton did not want to see another man get blessed because they were shadowed. They had that, as we said, that shadowness, that that personal sin, that negative influence that wanted to express me, myself, and I, that personality that wouldn't be celebratory or wouldn't be a blessing for others for advancement. They did it to themselves, God forbid. You know, I was talking to people, and they said, they're jealous of this one. And I said, why are they jealous of these people? Don't they wake up in the same land of the living? Don't they have opportunity to go study and find themselves approved? There's Bible colleges now on online, TV, Internet, Zoom. Don't they have opportunity? Their churches are just like bars. It's everywhere on a corner. All they have to do is humble themselves. Submit, study to find itself approved, but they get jealous when somebody else walked ten years, twenty years, thirty years of ministry, and God take them from one level to the other level and try to help them. What they do, like Saul, they try to badmouth their character, they got a lot of arrogance, and they said that I'm going to leave, and I'm not going to help them anymore. And um, I'm not going to use my ability so they could get raised up. God forbid. It's the ability of God that's in you, like David. David came to be a blessing to Saul. David fought Goliath. David brought in the anointing. David was able to praise and worship God and to soothe God in such a way that the favor came upon his house. But no, no. Saul would rather die than try to elevate somebody that he felt that uh, he didn't want to do it. But what it really was, he didn't elevate David because he was jealous. He didn't want to pass the baton. He had already figured who he wanted to be so these persons could uh, take over the church so it can get empty, so it could dry out and die, so it can just, uh, you know, just... Fade out in the wilderness And wonder what happened You need to do more evangelism No you need to get right with God So the favor of God Can come upon your life And he will add to the increase David still became What God wanted him to be Don't you know And I'll give you a secret When you praise and worship God In your heart 24 hours a day 7 days a week that You just say in your heart I love you Lord Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Every minute of your waking hour that you in commune in your spirit, hey, hallelujah, to praise God, that when you have your spare time and bad as you want to watch Jeopardy and you want to watch The Price is Right, or you may want to go ahead and enjoy that movie, but you have been committed to say, I'm going to take time out my day and praise God. I'm going to take time out my day. To reverence him and it said when people have become robotic and say you know i'm gonna go to bible class i'm gonna go to sunday school and i'm gonna go to church on sunday and i'm gonna be at the church you know i'm at the church three or five times a week but you're selfish you don't have love in your heart you don't exalt, edify, encourage others. You won't open the door. You won't speak with kindness. You won't move that big hat and big pocketbook over so somebody can sit on that bench. You have gotten to the point that you've got to be up front so you can be seen. She always make announcements. He always sing that song. Then take your butt up there, join that choir, so the microphone can be passed to you. Stop talking about somebody else trying to do the work when you won't do the work and you complain about the work. And then you look around when God sent in a little David from the outside, when God sent a little drug dealer in the church, when God sent a little prostitute in the church, when God sent a poor mother in the church, when God sent an orphan in the church, when God sent a nobody in the church that becomes a somebody that you will say, you know what? I ain't going to turn my church over to them. Oh, I work too hard. It's not your church. It's God's church. These are not your people. they God's people. These are his souls that need eternal life. They don't need eternal hell and damnation because your spirit of wickedness and evilness. Sure, there are those who have been raised up in the church, and I hate to say it, that when you look at some of those stories and you read the Internet, hey you said, wasn't that his son? Wasn't that his daughter? Wasn't that a family person? Wasn't that somebody was sitting there 20, 30, and 40 years that this happened? God will send someone in that won't compromise, and if not, they'll be out in the wilderness. I don't want to be a killjoy to you, but God told me to tell you, don't be like a Saul. Don't be a hater. Don't be self-centered. Don't be self-righteous. Don't have so much pride don't get to the point that you don't know how to pass up a time. I want to put this in your mind, that when you have an ability, encourage somebody else, show somebody else. I am so proud that I never recognized that I have tried to push my kids to greatness. I have tried to encourage them to go to college where they can afford it or not. I'm so proud when they try to go get their job and get up every day and out there hustling, doing the best that they can. I'm not a hater to say, oh, they're going to go to college and I didn't. Oh, they're going to get a better job than me. Oh, they're going to outshine me as their mother, their father. I had someone to tell me that I wouldn't be nothing, wouldn't succeed to do anything, and I would never make as much money as them. And I was like, I didn't care if I had an opportunity to just live, have a roof over my head, have food to eat. I wasn't in competition to see if I can get a better job because that's my father or mother, to see could I get a better house or car because I want to show them that I made it. I was grateful for the parents I had. I was so grateful that I had an opportunity and that my mother was trying to push me to greatness. She didn't care if I went to Uh, seminary, Bible college, school. She tried to help me. Gave me her $200 to go to a four-year institution with $200. And yet I look at parents that's jealous of children or relatives that's jealous of family members or strangers that can't stand their neighbors because they're trying to make it that why would you hate a man's gut? but you're sitting on your butt not doing nothing. Why would you hope that they fall, but you're not trying to go to college yourself? Why would you be in competition with the church, but all you do is sit there and talk to the deacon board and give them your ideas and eat chicken dinners on Sunday, and you're not trying to do no evangelism, or God will fill up the house and then you sit back and say, Look at me! I'm a soul. God forbid. It is time that we get the plan and purpose of God right in our lives. It is time that we learn how to be unselfish and pass on a baton. It is time we stop critiquing Apostle Mercer and her radio broadcast and see if it line up with the word or she going to play music all tonight or she going to preach and teach because you don't want me to open this mouth. And stop worrying about my business and be concerned about your own. You got six months to mind your own business and six months to leave others alone. Be about your father's business. Be about God's focus. Jesus came to this earth and said that he was sent by God. Good God almighty. Jesus always said that he was about his father's business. And at the end, he told God, he said, it is finished that he had been about a good work. You've got to look at your focus, look at the direction that God has sent you, fast and pray to see what is it that God wants for your life, and be an intercessor to others. Pray for others that they can make it around the world. Encourage others that they can go on worldwide radio and TV. Invest in different things of others so they can be uh, risen up to the next Level to help our children in the street To help displace mothers and children And homeless people Pass that baton So that things that you're not able to do Especially those who are old And getting older That someone more younger With stronger legs and backbone, Don't get as tired or as sleepy Can help build up God's kingdom Good God Almighty People say it's is, it is tight but it's right that God will have the final say. Be consistent in God and be consistent in praising God and building up his kingdom. Don't tear it down. Don't be like a Saul. Saul was rejected by God because he got beside himself. Well, I told you what thus said the Lord of hosts. This is my part two. I encourage you to read Uh, the book of Samuel for yourself, the first chapter and the second chapter. And as you see, I love the flow as a prophet to praise and worship God, but when God give it to me, I will rightly divide that word of truth and preach it. So you, you got what God want me to give you, to want us to walk in love and repentance and humility. God bless you again. You can listen to us on this radio station. You can uh hear us Monday through Fridays. Please dial 319 527 6036. Yes, you have the number, but I'm repeating it in your heart so that you can give it to somebody else so they can feel the presence of God, the favor of God, the worship of God and hear the word of God. Pass out that 319 number 527 527- 6036, I'm challenging you. I need you. I am commissioning you to go help me spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anytime that you feel led, and God tell me the same, you are welcome to come and preach on this station. Anytime that I can help you to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can come on this radio, TV, whatever, that there is always room in the end that you are welcome. You are welcome to be in this place. Anytime I can help you, I have 30 years of ministry training to encourage you how to raise up your church, how to rightly divide the word of truth, do workshops, seminars, anything that will spread the gospel of Jesus Christ effectively and be effectual. Please call me or to write me at P.O. Box 9786. That's Baltimore, Maryland two one two eight four. Again, that's five 4 ministries. PO Box nine seven eight six Baltimore, Maryland two one two eight four. I come to help share in the blessing that God has given all of us. And I'm touching and agreeing with you for your greatness and for the miracles that God have in your life not only for healing but for breakthrough that God said that he sent us out in twos. And I'm one of them that will walk with you through the valley and just pray you through as I intercede. It's all about God. It's not about me. But I'm in agreement that God can do anything but fail. God bless you again as we listen to Jeff Majors and Songs 23. Remember now, if God can't do it, it can't be done. I want to encourage those Davids who've been pushed back, held back, left back, and even tried to have the rug pulled from under you. You're still going to be great. What is written in the Lamb Book of Life will come to pass. Don't worry about that the job left. Don't worry about that you was put out to church. Don't worry about that the family shut the door. Do not worry about that you cannot see the forest for the trees that behind the veil that God got a blessing for you, good God Almighty, that god will 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 be done, I say it again that God will will be done in heaven as it in earth. God bless you again. You're listening to the five fold ministry broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. Amen, Amen.